Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Courtside Podcast, an NBA podcast. This episode is brought to you by YouTube channels Howie Temptation and Captain Barbo, who make content on YouTube weekly. And don't forget to follow the podcast. Welcome back for another episode of Courtside. And yes, the hiatus is over. I am finally back with another episode after two weeks. For those who do not know, I've actually been moving back and forth between my hometown now this new place not going to give you guys the spill exactly where am i because i don't want you guys tracking me down but just let you know right now i'm at a good place right now really good place got my furniture finally moved in my room you know holding a lot of this furniture and the majority of my furniture is wood i got splinters on my hand blisters moving it up and down I mean, the moving process has been horrible, and honestly, I don't know exactly if there's people out there who do this for a living, but my goodness, what on earth are you guys doing? You guys must have back braces all the way three times around your spine, because my back hurts like crazy, even though I'm like 21 years old. However, I am finally back doing these episodes, and we have a lot of news, finally, that's not Kevin Durant related, a lot of news around the NBA with the Fiesta Party that been the past five days prior to this release. The regular season release for all the NBA teams has finally happened this Wednesday at 3 p.m. And we have a lot to take away from it. We have uh, specifics from Christmas Day games. We have specifics from opening night. And then, of course, some of the new things we've seen. I mean, they even reduced travel for a lot of the teams this year. And we're going to talk about how that actually affects some of the competition. But before we go into that, we have to talk about what we saw from LeBron James in the recent news cycle that he's been going around on Rajon Wojnarowski, he first broke it out, the uh, main NBA source for ESPN. He tells that Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James has agreed to a two-year $97.1 million contract extension, including a player option for 2024-25 season. And get this, the contract itself could increase to $111 million if the salary cap in 23-24 rises to a substantially higher number. I don't know about you, but LeBron James, the guy is like 38, 39, probably coming on later on, long enough to even see his sons in the NBA. This is getting ridiculous. I don't see this guy slowing down at all. At his age, still playing at a high level in the NBA, averaging more than 25 points a game. I think he was even top three in most points per game average compared to everybody else in the NBA. And again, you know, is he deserving of this contract extension? Of course, it's the King LeBron James, the kid from Akron, Ohio, 97 million. However, at the same time, if you look at it a little bit with a backdrop as the organization moving forward in the future, I mean, they've given LeBron everything. We're talking about the Anthony Davis trade, which got rid of Brandon Ingram, which got rid of Josh Hart. And then you have, you know, that championship coming in 2020 in the bubble. And, you know, you can put an ax service if you want to. I don't like to do that in any type of championship because anybody can argue about injuries in this year and that year. However, that trade did end up giving them a ring, so you can't really complain about it. But it did also lose them their future, right? So LeBron James taking this contract extension takes a huge chunk out of the money used for Rob Palenka to actually do something in the offseason. I mean, I don't know how much time they really got left to even make a deal anywhere because Kyrie Irving looks like he's going to stay in Brooklyn, so the Westbrook idea is gone. Dolphin Mitchell, apparently the Knicks are back renegotiating with the Utah Jazz, and some of the talks have been talking about at least four to five first-round picks for R.J. Barrett, but the Knicks aren't going to budge, so that's at least in a stalemate. The Lakers right now are just wasting money to the star players, and they're not thinking about anybody else. This is an organization that I think has a lot of pride for Anthony Davis and LeBron James. 
however, doesn't have a lot of pride for the idea of winning out in the West. And I understand it. The Golden State Warriors, they're not slowing down. The Dallas Mavericks are only getting better by the day. The Memphis Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies, their head coach, the guy who apparently even went out and performed in England, well, is performing well in the States. And I don't know about you, but the coaching jobs out there in the West are ridiculous. From Memphis to obviously Pop over there in San Antonio. Steve Kerr, again, Golden State. Monty Williams with the Suns. I mean, the Lakers have Coach Ham now, who's an assistant with the Bucks, And they're still rebuilding their coaching staff. I think they got a couple of guys moving back and forth as we speak right now in Los Angeles. So the Lakers right now, given this extension to LeBron, as much as he deserves it, I just find it really odd that you don't use it for something else, right? For at least another player, at least another role player that's out there. I mean, Carmelo Anthony, you know, you can get him back in the mix, right? I mean, you got a couple other guys out there that haven't really been signed yet. I mean, unfortunately, I don't know a lot of guys at the top of my head that can really fit in that Lakers rotation. But what I'm trying to say is, though, is that the Lakers aren't being that aggressive this offseason. This is the most aggressive move they made this entire offseason, besides a couple of talks about Westbrook for Kyrie. But with that being said and out of the way, let's get right into the main subject of this podcast that I really wanted to talk about. The fact that the regular season not only got released today, but is almost like a five-day fiesta, as I said before. I mean, we talk about, you know, sneak peeks of the Christmas games that we have this year and what they're doing for the election day. And I got to tell you right now, what they're doing for the election day is actually pretty damn phenomenal. Uh, If you haven't heard it all, on November the 8th, there will be no NBA games for that day because that will be the midterm election for the United States and majority of cities, either mayoral votes, uh, senator votes, governor votes. Uh, that will be the specific election day for the United States, and there will be absolutely no games on Tuesday, November 8th, that day. However, all 30 teams will play the day prior on November 7th, so they do make up a lot of that. And if you're an NBA fan, I mean, I got to tell you right now, all the teams get to play on one day, and the next day you get to do, you know, a citizen's welcome going into your local library or wherever you, you know, do the votes. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal. And I think for the NBA to actually even, you know, go away from the idea that, oh, why are we, you know, we're going to lose money and not having games. We're gonna they just said, hey, look, go out and vote. Don't let us be the reason for it. Okay. So that was a really cool thing that they did. And also NBA rival weeks, the classic and budding rivalries between teams that obviously that we know of, such as, you know, Boston, Miami recently now in the 21st century, the Clippers and Lakers, Brooklyn and Philadelphia, <laughs> Memphis and Golden State. That's right. Memphis and Golden State. This is what they're going to be having some of the games during the rivalry week from January 24th all the way to January 28th. And I love it. I love the idea. This is almost similar to what college football does on some rivalry weeks where we have the Red River rivalry, right? With Oklahoma going up against Texas or Florida State against Miami with the ACC stuff. I mean, this is phenomenal. I love it. I absolutely love it. And one of the best things about it, not only does Boston go against Miami, but we have a Boston going against the Lakers, the Knicks against Brooklyn, a New York metropolitan matchup. And funny enough, The Memphis Grizzlies, and I think they're doing this on purpose because of the playoffs. Not only do they go against Golden State during this week, but they also face off against Minnesota. That's right. This is like a rematch for any type of playoff scenario in 2022 that you missed. But that is coming on as well. And 
the travel reduction. And it's hard for me to really grasp this because, again, the NBA is turning into more into a, uh, you know, player first, you know, prioritizing the players over the organizations or the ownership or even the executives in the NBA branch. And I kind of hate that idea just because there's a lot of players in the NBA who don't even like the game of basketball, let alone the league, right? They just want the money. They have the skill. They have the talent. They're using it for their own financial game, which is okay. I understand that. But at the same time, it's hard to even put the players ahead of them. Well, with that being said, they ended up going with the players option here with the travel reduction. The estimated travel has been reduced to 41,000 miles per team. At record low in the era with 30 teams and 82 games per team. So this is first time ever that we're going to have record low travel. And this will probably mean that you're going to have not going to say the divisions the NBA really matter, but you might see a lot of division matchups happening day after day after. Like, for example, the Miami Heat going against Charlotte, and then afterwards going against maybe Atlanta to go against the Wizards on a road trip. And so divisionals will most likely be more relevant with this reduction of travel. However, again, you know, it's just really saving time. I don't think a lot of NBA fans are going to even realize that they reduce the travel. If you ask me if there's a game on, there's a game on, I'm just going to look at it. Either way, now for the Christmas games themselves, and I got to let you know right now, if you watch any bit of NFL games during Christmas Day, you are missing out on the greatest day that the NBA has to offer besides the NBA Finals, all right? Christmas Day is a designated basketball holiday. I do not care that the Dolphins are going against the Packers at 1 p.m. I am literally watching the New York Knicks lose by 30 on Christmas Day. I do not care about Tua. I only care about R.J. Barrett possibly giving me 20-something points a game in a cool Christmas jersey, which they still haven't brought back. Bring back the Christmas jerseys. But with that being, again, 76ers at Knicks will be actually played at noon on Christmas Day for the NBA, starting off the first of five basketball games, as per usual, on Christmas Day, the 25th of December. Following the Knicks game would actually be the Lakers at Mavericks at 2.30 p.m., followed by Bucks at Celtics at 5 p.m. Again, a playoff matchup and actually a revenge tour technically for the Celtics, who ended up losing last year's Christmas game to the Bucks in a wild fashion at the end. Uh, Grizzlies at Warriors at 8 p.m. following that Celtics game. Again, Another playoff matchup between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. I mean, we might as well see every single time they go against each other on national television. And after that Warriors game at 8 p.m., the night will be ended off at 10.15 p.m. Suns at Nuggets. And honestly, I mean, Suns, phenomenal team. 6-7 wins last year. I'm not really feeling that game. I'm not really looking at that game right now and I understand that Kevin Durant and speaking of Kevin Durant ever since the Kevin Durant news broke out the originally scheduled 26 national televised games for the Brooklyn Nets have now dropped to 13 televised Brooklyn Nets games over on ESPN and TNT and other places such as ABC for the season that 10:15 p.m. game Suns and Nuggets you could replace that what I'm thinking right now don't have the Lakers face against off the Mavericks but the Lakers and the Clippers going off against each other on Christmas Day. And then you move on with the Mavericks going up against Houston. And yes, you know, one-sided matchup against the Houston Rockets, the Mavericks would probably win that one. But at the same time, you have that little bit in-state rivalry. And I would love to see Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James going up against each other as they fall asleep to eggnog. 
or whatever you like to eat on Christmas if you do celebrate that day. But I got to let you know right now, super excited for Christmas Day. Sixers, Knicks, love that Northeastern rivalry, followed by, I mean, the Lakers at Mavericks, Luka against LeBron. You can't go wrong with that. The Celtics potentially getting a Christmas revenge on that day against Milwaukee and Giannis at TD Garden. And Grizzlies at Warriors, I mean, it's going to be an aggressive game. If it's anything like that second round matchup they had last season, it's going to be a great, great aggressive game. And honestly, I think John Morant's phenomenal. I cannot wait to see him playing on Christmas Day. So with that being said, I'm going to end off this episode with the final point of the NBA opening day. And the NBA opening day being October 18th and the first game of the year. I mean, it's going to be a good one if you're going to be looking at the Eastern Conference a lot. The Boston Celtics hosting the Philadelphia 76ers. This will be James Harden starting off his first full year under a Doc Rivers system in Philadelphia, finally having a refurbished Sixers team with Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and, I mean, hard matchup to begin the year, right? Boston Celtics, they ended up winning the East through an improbable revenge tour going through Miami, Milwaukee, and as well sweeping the Brooklyn Nets, as unforgettable as that series was. Now they come into this new season with high expectations as the favorite in Vegas to win not only the East, but as well as the NBA Finals. So this is going to be the start of the expectations that they have. Obviously, they don't really meet the expectations early off in the year, such as we saw last season where they struggled until January to even be at 500 level. But season starts on a huge game in Boston, followed by that 10 p.m. TNT the Golden State Warriors hosting the Los Angeles Lakers. It'll be a fun game to watch Stephen Curry and them raise that banner. I'm not going to lie to you. It'll be nice to see another ring ceremony on the Bay Area, but I might be asleep by then. Not going to lie to you. I don't really see a lot of, you know, entertainment out of that game. I don't know if it's going to be close. I mean, the only thing that really put me to glue to my screen would probably be Anthony Davis finally coming back healthy. And, Hey, I mean, he said that he's been shooting balls since April, so I don't know exactly what he's been doing training, but if you ask me, I'm more curious than I am guaranteed that I have a good feeling about Anthony Davis. So I'm really curious about Anthony Davis's game right now, and if you're going to be an AD fan, a Kentucky fan, a New Orleans Hornets fan, diehard, I would suggest, you know, you must like Anthony Davis. I like him too. Watch that game just because of him. But that will be the ending of the NBA regular season from at least all the news. And also, actually, before I end off this episode, a really, really cool uh, date to look after if you're a Lakers fan. They're actually going to be retiring Paul Gasol's jersey into the Raptors. Yeah, that's right. On March 7th of next year, they're going to be retiring Paul Gasol's number 16. and He'll join the Raptors with other players such as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kobe Bryant's two numbers of 8 and 24, Magic Johnson, and other Laker greats. So if you're a Laker fan, and if, of course, you're into basketball history like I am, Paul Gasol's jersey goes up in the Raptors, as it should, on the 7th of March of next year. Is it going to be joined by Lamar Odom? Hopefully not. (laughs) But Paul Gasol is definitely one of those players that you remember from those you know, those championship years of Kobe, especially the 2010 one, when they went seven games against the Boston Celtics and probably one of the most fantastic series I've seen defensively. Uh, if you ever look at that game seven in Los Angeles against the Boston Celtics, I mean, that was a defensive game that Lamar Odom showed out. But Paul Gasol, 
I mean, he was a huge piece against KG. Huge piece against KG. But that's going to end the episode here. Again, thank you for joining in on Courtside. And always tune in. Um, of course, the offseason, you know, there's not a lot of news going around with the NBA. I try to give you as much update as there can. Not a lot of episodes I want to do where it's Kevin Durant over and over and over again. However, prior to this season, I'm probably going to do a recap of free agency, what we see so far. And, yeah, just look out for more episodes later on this year. And I'll be there for the next one.